Welcome to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated affiliate for all Crimson Tide news and information. I am your host, Tyler Martin, and uh, I'm joined by our editor, Christopher Walsh, recurring guest on the show. Chris, how are you doing, and uh, are you excited to talk some spring football? <laughs> recurring guest, I like it. Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. I, I, I appreciate you asking, and um, I don't know about everyone else, but it, it's uh, I, I'd really like to go a couple days without rain, which I don't think is going to be happening, and then for a little while again. So, but uh, yeah, ready to go spring football, and and um, you know I know everyone's eager to see what what the team looks like when they get on the field. Before we get into the meat of this, Chris, I want to ask you this: um, you know, with the coronavirus news, I know we're we're talking ahead of the SEC basketball tournament in Nashville. The SEC sent out a you know a an issue statement about the, you know, what their, the precautionaries, their issues, they're, they're taking with it. But, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, the coverage and kind of the, the awareness of it's kind of trending upward. How crazy, I mean, how crazy do you think Alabama football fans would take this virus? Like how, like how serious do you think they would take it if they were like when a day rolls around and they're like, Hey, we're not having people at a day because of the coronavirus. You know, in a very weird, strange sort of way, um, it could kind of, I mean, if you're going to have this happen, this might be the year in, in a strange way because, you know, the stadium um, renovations are going on and they're already, you know, Alabama officials are already having some trouble figuring out all the logistics and everything. And they've already, they're already limiting the attendance um, for a day. So say worst case scenario happens, things get worse and they have to think about you know, maybe closing the university or, or worse. Um, you know, if it was going to happen, you know, this, this is the time, but um, yeah, this is a very, very serious threat. And it's, it's, you know, I see people like on social media were like, Oh, you know, it's, it's politics. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's people trying to make things worse than they are. And, you know, the response it, to me is just how many people have to die, you know, before they should cancel the event. And if there's a threat of somebody, somebody could die. Yeah, you cancel it. It's a, it's a no-brainer. So, um, you know, we're we're kind of all in a holding pattern right now. Uh, it's going to get to Alabama eventually. It's it's pretty much that all the surrounding states have have people who are uh, been afflicted by the virus. And um, you know, let's just hope that uh, you know for the best case scenario. I think that's about all we can do at this point. Yeah, I I agree with you 100%. Uh, I just know if if a day if something happens with a day, people can't come. You know, you know how Alabama fans are. Um, but anyway, let's go ahead and hop into this off the top before we get into the spring practices. And this is going to be part one of our spring football breakdown because spring practices start for Alabama on Friday, March 13th. This is part one. This is where we're going to be talking about everything on the defensive side of the ball. And then on Thursday's show, we're going to be talking about everything on offense, um, including, you know, the uh, the quarterback battle. Um, but first, Chris, recruiting and uh, what to make of it right now. Um, you think last Sunday, four-star defensive back, who was the longest tenured Alabama pledge in this class, Latrell McCutcheon, he decommits. He reopens up his commitment um, coming off the heels of an Oklahoma visit. And, uh, and you know, just, just from another recruit I talked to, um, and you just kind of reading the tea leaves a little bit, um, it looks like Oklahoma is probably the landing spot for this kid. Um, wish him all the best. Uh, but, you know, it, it was kind of uh, – it was, it was an interesting thing, you know, just to break on you. It was, you know, kind of late at night. It was, just, it was just weird to break it at that time. Um, and then – 
yeah, just not even a week later, four-star quarterback Drake May, a North Carolina legacy. His dad played football there. His brother played basketball there. And uh, he decommits from Alabama and flips to UNC in a move that was expected. Now, the timing of it was uh, was not – It was. I mean, I didn't think that was going to be um, so fast. I thought he was going to wait and see what happens in spring practices. You know, the first couple regular season games in fall camp, what happens. Um, but the funny thing is, Chris, I, you saw it on, on our side. I, I posted the, the recruiting corner, and I was talking about it, and I was like, you know what? Um, Bama fans, don't be – you know, don't be – you know, caught off guard if he decommits because, um, you know, it's it's hard for a kid who has the ability because he's an elite quarterback. He's one of the elite quarterbacks in this class. And uh, when you have a Bryce Young already on the roster and Mac Jones, guys who already have multiple years of eligibility remaining, um, it's hard for those kind of guys who have that ability to sit there and wait. And UNC just provided a better option. It's home. Um, so but let me ask you this. What do you make of, uh, you know, Alabama only having one commit so far in the 2021 class? That is uh, Deontay Lawson out of Mobile. I quite honestly, I it doesn't phase me at all. And I know people are like, oh, but Ohio State has nine commitments. It doesn't mean anything, you know. Um, and the way that recruiting is going more and more recruitments are, are, are commitments are meaning less and less. I mean, these guys are flipping all over the place. And, you know, Alabama really likes to get people on its campus, take a look at them, have them go through the camps, have them see all the facilities and, you know, make sure that, that these guys are really serious and, and so forth. So I think we're in for probably about a four month stretch here where you're going to see a lot of guys committing. It's it's the, the floodgates are going to kind of open up and and. Probably by the time we get to uh, early fall, they'll they'll have they'll be probably approaching close to 20, 15 to twenty easily. So uh, that's just kind of the way that recruiting's gone, though. And you know, you touched on it a little bit. Uh, you know, the quarterback leaving it makes total sense. You know, I mean, his legacy. Mac Mac Brown seems to be putting together a really good recruiting class at, at North Carolina, and Alabama just added Bryce Young. It's it's going to be tough for Alabama to get a top-notch quarterback in this recruiting class. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it's going to be quite a challenge. Yeah, you look at the recruiting rankings right now. I mean, Mac Brown has eight four-stars and one three-star, and he's ahead of – his North Carolina program is ahead of Clemson uh, right now. So it, it is really incredible what he is doing up there in Chapel Hill. But the thing to me is there was a lot of Alabama fans who um, – we're saying, oh, you know, these these guys who decommit, they're scared of competition, and and they they don't want to challenge themselves. Well, that's just wrong. That that's just, in my opinion, that's just inaccurate. Um, when you take an opportunity, because here's the thing: when he when he goes to UNC and Sam Howell, who was one of the best freshmen all of last year, he's he's going to have an NFL decision to make after his junior season. And if he leaves, and then Drake May wins the starting job, he only sits one year compared to two at Alabama. It just makes sense. You know, uh, and I, it's it's not it's not recruits are scared of um, you know challenges and, co- and competition. I mean, these guys are all going all over the place to seven on seven camps. You know that that star, the four star, the the, the rankings that 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 means a lot to them. They want to be the best they can possibly the best they can possibly be, or they wouldn't be out there. Yeah, and it's it's kind of sad that you see these overreactions every single time a guy signs or decommits or whatever. Uh, it's it's just. <laughs> You know, take a step back. These these kids have to make major decisions. They're kids, you know. Um, and 
you know, this this one in particular, he wants he wants to play before the home crowd. You can't blame him for that at all. So we'll see how it goes, but it's it's just it's March. You know, it's we've got a long way to go. The class will not be set in stone until next February, eleven months down the road. So uh, the only thing I like to urge at this point of the season is just don't overreact. Wise words from Christopher Walsh: Don't overreact, Crimson Tide fans. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into the spring football preview on the defensive side of the ball, Chris. And I want to start with the defensive line. And, you know, there's going to be two subtractions from this team, Raekwon Davis and then Tevita Mosquita. Uh, he's gone. And I, I want like, I want to start with this. You know, at the NFL Combine last week, Raekwon Davis was at the media. He was talking about it. Um, he was saying, you know, there was kind of a lot lack of focus and things like that that kind of, you know, plagued Alabama on defense in the in the 2019 season and he didn't play the best of his ability he admitted that and so and you you look at this team I mean this team had a really hard time generating a pass rush pass rush last year and I look at who's all you know who's going to be in that defensive line uh, grouping this year you've got guys like LeBron Ray coming back DJ Dale Christian Barmore uh Fid- Fidarian Mathis who is who's a guy you're looking to um to kind of step up in this grouping well, first off, and I mean, I've been saying it over and over again, and I know people are really sick of me saying it, but, you know, Alabama had how many true freshmen in, in the starting lineup last year? And, and and people are just like, oh, the defense was awful. The defense was not an Alabama defense. It was like half of a JV squad. Um, and and I, people don't seem to quite get that. It's just you can't drop these kids in there and expect them to know everything. And like you go back to the LSU game, LSU was really, really smart. They would, they, you know, they would get Alabama to line up. They would show one thing, do a quick adjustment and, and, and snap the ball before Alabama could do anything. And, and time after time, you know, they'd be looking over to try to get, you know, well, what do we do? And, you know, they're getting plowed into. So uh, it's, you got to give credit to Alabama's opponents. You know, this is the SEC. These are the best coaches in, in college college football coaches that there are that Alabama is facing on a regular basis. They're not idiots. So it's, 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 you know, just for people to sit there and say, Oh, last year was a, was a disaster defensively. You, you take any team in in the world and you take half the people off of it. It's not going to be the same team. So um, now having said that Alabama's defensive line a couple years ago, it was obvious that they were about to run into death problems. And so, you know, it suddenly became a huge priority in recruiting, which you paid off last year in terms of getting, you know, numbers. But this season is when it start, should start paying off and the defensive line should turn into a huge strength. Uh, to answer your, your question about who am I going to be keeping an eye on, uh, it starts with Barmore. It's, it's, you know, this is a guy who flashed last year, sometimes looked unstoppable, you know, got some not so great penalties, you know, and, and that really kind of hurt his development. But this is a guy, if he keeps doing what he was doing last year, uh, he's, he could be, he's that, he's that guy in the defense. If you sit there and say, this might be the breakout, a breakout season guy for, for Alabama. Yeah. I, that's who I was going to get look to too. I remember one of the cupcake games, me, you, and then one of our contributors, Carrie was on the sideline and, uh, this was just one of the cupcake games. I think it was Southern Miss, maybe. Um, and he he was he got in there 
uh, and he made a sack, and the clock was winding down. You know, Alabama's already up 30-plus points, and he's out there celebrating like, I mean, it was, you know, the start of the game, and the crowd was 100% full, and he was just going nuts, and the entire defensive line group just was like ran on the field because it was like the last play of the game. They just all ran on the field and was like celebrating with him, and that was really cool to see just um, kind of, you know, a, a young guy. He was one of the, you know, he was one of the freshmen that we're talking about. And you just bring some excitement, bring some energy, bring some passion back. And I also think, you know, the addition of Freddie Roach, he's going to give this group an attitude that's been kind of missed. Yeah, I like Freddie. I I covered Freddie when he was a player here. And I think he's going to be, I think he's going to do a really good job. And, you know, the the great thing about this unit is, I mean, we, we can sit there and talk about this guy here, this guy there. You know, I look at I look at them right now. If they don't have any major setbacks or or, or or injuries, you're talking about three deep across the board through the spring, and then you're adding another another row of guys across. You know, from the the guys are going to be coming arriving over the summer. So you're talking po- the possibility of twelve players, ten of which probably can make it. You know, contribute tomorrow and play really really well. That's incredible depth. At, at this level, yeah, this is going to be a really, really good unit this year. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited to see Timothy Smith, you know, the five-star defensive tackle who will be part of the three summer enrollees along with uh, John Marion Latham and Jamil Burroughs. I know we're talking about spring, but, you know, just some guys who, you know, are going to step in, and, and Tim Smith's going to have the opportunity to maybe get in the rotation. Also, yeah, you know, Justin Eboigby, Byron Young, um, these are all guys to keep an eye on uh, this spring. Moving I, back. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I, I think the competition is going to be Young and Barmore. And, and we wrote that today or on two, uh, Monday for a story on Bama Central. Um, but the thing is, it, it doesn't really matter who wins because they're both going to be a huge part of the rotation. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Agreed. Depth is going to be back for the Alabama defensive line. Uh, moving back a little bit to the next level, let's talk about the linebacker core. Let's talk about inside linebacker, Chris. Uh, you know, and I mean, Dylan Moses is is back, and uh, you could just tell last season. You know, and he would he would dress out. I know he. I mean, he he wore his jersey on the sideline for the LSU game, and then he wore his jersey again. I know for the the Citrus Bowl against Michigan. Um, but you could just tell he was just itching, itching, itching to get out there, and now he's back. And I mean, this kind of reminds me of, you know, going going into last season, um, you know, when he was, you know, going to be the quarterback of the defense. And now he's going to be, you know, filling that role again. Uh, but, yeah, you're just you're, you're, you're really excited to see Dylan back there uh, suited up on, at practice on Friday. Yeah. And you know, I I really don't expect him to do a whole lot during the spring because there's really no need for him to, you know, he he, he knows the defense and and you know, everyone around him kind of thing. So for me, um, I'm going to be focused more on the linebacker core. Well, okay. You wanted to talk about interior. Um, you know, this is a group that is kind of like the defensive line a little bit. The fact that, uh, you know, last year was obviously a, a weakness because they had to have two true freshmen in there, you know, and these are like the, the, the quarterbacks of the defense. They're supposed to get all the play calls, relay them and get everyone lined up which is really unfair for, for a true freshman to get thrown into that. But Alabama didn't have any choice last year. So it now goes from being arguably the youngest group on the team to the oldest or the most veteran group on the team. And that that's going to be interesting. You know, um, where does Shane Lee line up? Is, is uh, you know, 
it's, where is Joshua McMillan going to be? Is is does he become the starter that we all thought he was going to be a year ago? Which I think he will, but I don't know. So it's going to be uh, some interesting competition there. You know, uh, Harris. Or um, is he going to? You know, how does he fit into it? You you suddenly have a lot of depth there at a key spot, and you have to feel a lot better about that than than say from a year ago. Yeah, and Joshua McMillan too. You know, getting getting that six year eligibility that's huge. And, you know, I, and I want to go back to this with the additions of David Ballou and, and Matt, Dr. Matt Ray. Uh, you know, Chris, they did. Indiana did not have a muscle injury last year. <laughs> and that's crazy. And, and I was talking to a recruit today and that was one of the things he said that drew him to Alabama. He really? was like he said it was this because the, the they took him through like the you know what has already been built of the new sports science center and he got the chance to sit down with you know uh, Dr. Matt Ray and, and and David and he was just raving about kind of their recovery and the treatment and it's just remarkable and I think you know linebacker is it's such a key it's such a key position on the field to where you're kind of you're moving all over the place and uh, you know injuries I mean it happens there every I mean almost every year there seems like to be an injury happening for Alabama um, but if they can I mean like you said the defensive line is going to be a strength I think this again you know just having Dylan back out there Josh too it's going to be um, you know maybe maybe one of the best uh, units in the country yeah I, I definitely think so I, Dylan Moses is going to be on the short list for the Butkins Award um, from day one uh, he could he, he should, you know, assuming that he fully recovers health-wise, he should be poised for a huge season. Yeah, and then, you know, you look at the competition maybe uh, in there, too, with Des Moines Kennedy, who's an early enrollee, Jackson Bratton, two five-star guys um, who are going to actually, you know, they're going to compete at the inside linebacker spot. I think Des Moines right now, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's going to have, you know, he might be have a higher ceiling than maybe Shane Lee when he was coming out of high school and then coming into Alabama. I tell you what, that's a great thing about like the first couple practices is the eye test. And you get to see some of these guys uh, stand next to, you know, who's already there kind of thing. And, you know, they have like on that Alabama jersey and you start start not just going, okay, you know, this this guy's, you know, he looks like he's the real deal. And you start seeing him move around. But you start kind of mentally going, you know, he reminds me of this guy or he has the the speed of this guy or the first step of, of remember that other guy kind of thing. That to me is is like on Friday. It's it's all about the eye test because, you know, these guys aren't going to have pads on her at all. So, I mean, we're going to be there taking photos and videos as, of, as many guys as we can. But that that's really what the first day is all about. And that's a big reason why, why Saban has that first practice before spring break, because he kind of knows it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a throwaway practice, but you know, he can get one in, he can get everyone's attention before they go on break. And, and he can also use it to count against, you know, they have to have so many practices before they start putting pads on. So the acclimation process uh, actually goes faster. Let's see now, you know, let's talk about outside linebacker for a second. Uh, Chris Allen uh, is going to be back. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, Drew Sanders, he can play on the outside too. And then you look at another guy who's going to compete for uh, for playing time, Will Anderson, who's – I mean, he was arguably the best pa- edge rusher in the 2020 class. Um, but this was a position, you know, that Alabama lost a lot. I mean, they lost Terrell Lewis and Fernie Jennings. Uh, so this is this is going to be very interesting to see uh, who steps up and who who, who creates um, some havoc in, in the backfield. To me, this is going to be the most interesting 
uh, from a reporter standpoint, the most interesting position battles that that happen on the on the defense. Uh, it's you know, like you mentioned, both both starters are gone. You've got a number of guys that they've been hoping are going to step up, like um, Ali Kaho. Um, you know, it's it's um, you know, I, Christopher Allen uh, uh, King might actually fit in that group. Uh, Dres Parks, you know, is is he gonna you know make a charge? And Ben Davis, you know, he's going into his last season, and so it's it's kind of now or never for him. And then you've got these. I guess it would be three outstanding guys on, you know, young guys, including, like you said, Anderson uh, Sanders. Uh, I, I think Chris Braswell is going to uh, start off at outside linebacker as well. This is going to be really, really interesting to watch. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of these freshmen comes in and ends up winning a starting job. Yeah. And then also Quandarius Robinson uh, from Birmingham. He He's not going to get there until the summer though. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how, you know, especially Will Anderson looks um, on the practice field. Uh, you go back, I mean, he was like the highest riser, too, from his senior year, and we all know Saban loves these recruits who have spectacular senior seasons um, and really just give it everything they got, and then, you know, that, that, that adds momentum into their first year at Alabama. Uh, yeah, and so, Chris, did you have anything else to add about the linebackers? Um, a lot of future studs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gonna. That, that's that. Yeah, I think. I think linebackers outside of quarterbacks is probably going to be the the most uh, intriguing in my mind. Uh, see what happens there. Now, as we get into one of, I mean, this is one of my favorite position groups on the football field, the secondary. Um, you know, you you lose Xavier McKinney, who I who I thought. I mean, I'm still upset that he. Uh, was was snubbed for the Jim Thorpe Award, Chris, and you know he just he. I mean, at one point, I believe it was. I mean, late in the season, he was leading the SEC in tackles as a safety. Well, it's you know the Thorpe Award. It's it's a lot of times it's going to go to the guy who gets the interceptions, you know, which it's kind of unfair, but it, there's got to be that kind of. Um, sexiness if you will about the position you know it's it's who's that stud kind of thing Xavier Xavier played really really well I mean I I thought he should have definitely been a finalist uh you know I don't know if he should have won but it's it's you know he's he's gonna have a great career in the NFL I have no doubts about that and I kind of I kind of I'm you know to put on you know from a collegiate aspect not a not being an NFL fan but from a collegiate aspect Part of me wants him to see him at the Dallas Cowboys because I think it'd be a great fit for him, and I think he'd do really, really well there. Uh, but I understand there's a lot of people out there who, for you know, they don't root for the Dallas Cowboys, so that's why I was kind of um, putting my disclaimer on there. But as a, uh, as a Cowboys fan, I would like to see that too. Okay, I'm you know, it's it's I'm not a Cowboys fan, so it's I, I just think it would be a great fit for him, and he would go somewhere in the middle of the first round, and and it'd be just a wonderful opportunity for him. Oh. Earlier, I want to go back. I want to take one step back. I lost my train of thought for for just a minute. My brain kind of froze out for a second. Uh, you mentioned Ben Davis, and yeah. uh, I was I was just going to say this note about Ben Davis. Uh, when he commit when he when he signed with Alabama, you know it was him and Mac Wilson. You know they were they're really great friends coming over there. And you know Ben's father uh, is an Alabama legend. And uh, I just I I mean I hate to say this, but in terms of just uh, the hype going into a career. Um, at, at you know at Alabama, Ben Davis has got to rank up there as one of the most disappointing to date. 
the first one that that pops in my head is Love, the offensive lineman years ago, who was a five-star recruit. Everyone thought he was going to, you know, be everything at tackle, and he never started a game. And uh, it's yeah, this is a little bit different, and in you know, he's a legacy. And so people are so optimistic and, you know, maybe he's, I, I, am curious to see how he looks uh, when we get, get out there on Friday, because, you know, maybe he's, he's hit the weight room and the, and he's given everything that he got. We'll see. Yeah, I hope so. But back to the secondary, let's start with the safeties. Uh, like I mentioned, you, 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 you lost, uh, you lost Xavier McKinney and, uh, and, you know, Jordan battle will be back, you know, for his sophomore season, Brian branch, uh, one of the newcomers uh, to this Alabama roster, uh, redshirt junior Daniel Wright. Who who do you want to see maybe you know in in that safety position back there, Chris? Well, that, I think Jordan Battle is going to be one of the starting safeties. I don't think there's any doubt about that. He got a lot of playing time last year. He's um, he's really probably earned the right to be the first first guy. I, I'm curious to see if Daniel Wright is going to be. Um, given, you know, if he's going to get a shot at starting, uh, you know, some of these other guys that that they have, they're going to probably, you know, take a look at and, and do a little bit of experimenting. You know, they want to find the, 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 the best combination. But at safety, I think I think it's going to end up being battle is going to be the, the main guy back there this year. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, just once again another Alabama freshman last year who got a lot of valuable valuable playing time, and uh, and you know you, you we move over to cornerback now. This is uh this is another yeah. I'm I'm curious to see who gets that second corner spot. Uh, Patrick Sertain, I mean, he's he's pretty much a lock uh, to be one of those starting corners in my mind. Well, it it's going to be interesting to see who gets the star position because you know the star position is the fifth defensive back when they when they bring extra. Uh, guys in, out in the secondary, and it, it's a formation they're going to be in a lot. And I kind of think they're probably going to start Sertain in there. He'll be he'll be at a corner in the base, and they'll slide over to Star for you know when they when they do that. And you know Nick Saban always says if we're bringing in a JUCO guy, he better start. He better compete for a starting job from day one. So Ronald Williams, I think, is going to be the guy to watch, and if he can handle the cornerback spot. Um, I'm, you know, and you know, Josh Obi, obviously it's, it's, he's probably going to be one of the front runners as well. You might have your three guys right there, but it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how, how fast, um, Williams picks it up and, and, you know, Sertain is comfortable in that position. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention Ronald Williams, you know, uh, one of the reasons why this 2021 recruiting class is so important in terms of getting, uh, cornerbacks and getting, you know, elite ones in there is because of the um the, the you know the the loss that Alabama could take after this season. Um Sertain's going to have an NFL decision if Josh Job and Ronald Williams play to their capability and where, where coach Saban thinks they can play at they are going to have NFL they're going to have an NFL decision at the end of the day. And also I want to mention, you know, Jalen Armour Davis. He's going to have a he's going to have a chance too. Um but I yeah, I think I think you know Sertain and Job, and I, like I said, I, I think Ronald Williams is a guy, you know, he's a Juco All-American. He's a guy who can step in there and make an immediate impact, in my mind. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's funny because people talk about, you know, all these positions that Alabama's known for, and it's, you look at what, what Alabama has in the NFL and the secondary, it's really, really impressive. And it, I, this is, 
you know, this is a strength of the team. This you've got to have this in college football nowadays if you if you want to be successful. So they've got pretty good numbers. Uh, you know, it's you, it's one of those positions like offensive line. You can never have enough guys, but it's as long as Alabama doesn't lose anybody else. Uh, I think they've got eleven guys who are going to be in there for the spring, and they're going to add two more over the summer. Uh, that's pretty good, and and they'll take that and they'll just try to build on that with the next recruiting class. And you know, um, story, uh, Christian story. Uh, you know, who knows where he's going to end up lining up, but. I kind of think it's going to end up being safety to start out at. Well, according to um, his father and uh, and Christian himself, he's told reporters this. You know, there, there's that they think he's going to get a chance to be in the quarterback room. Some, sure, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just another versatile player who. I mean, he when I say he did it all, he literally did it all for Lynette High School um, on their way to an Alabama State Championship. But another corner that uh, I failed to mention that uh, that I'm I'm interested to see is Jaquez Robinson. You know, he's a, he's he's a cornerback out of Florida. He's a freshman, but he's one of he's the only uh, recruit who got to Alabama like when the bowl practices started, and he got he got he he's got he's got got a head start on everybody. Yeah, that's gonna help a lot. And real quick, I want to go back to story and you know, I, I kind of laugh at it a little bit, but this is, like you said, this is a kid who can do all sorts of different things. So I, I think you're going to see him kind of when he gets in, move around a little bit. They're going to try him at some different spots and, and they're going to kind of figure out a way that they can best utilize him, not only short term, but then long term. So uh, he, there's a, a there's definitely a number of possibilities with it for him there. Um, and, OK, let me go back to uh, Robinson. Yeah, it's, it's he's another guy, you know. Get it a head start on things. I, I think it can really help him, um, especially you know with this group because he might be, he might be one of those guys that just one year he could be he could end up starting just because of the way things could play out. Yeah, and like you said, you never know with injuries or anything like this. Uh, but yeah, spring, this, the defensive side of the ball is uh, you know plenty plenty of intrigue, plenty of position battles to go around. Uh, and finally, Chris. You a while back you wrote a really great column about Pete Golding, and we we can't talk about the defense and this upcoming spring practice without talking about him. Is this a make or break year for Pete Golding? Uh, probably. Um, just because you know it's they've got to keep getting better, they got to keep improving, and and you know they've got to get some traction going on the defensive side and. You know, it's the injuries that they had last year were just they weren't good, you know. And and I mean, look, you're Saban's sitting there listening to every single thing that's being said over the headsets. He's in there when they're doing all the planning. He knows exactly what is going on with the defensive side of the ball. If if there was a huge issue there, Pete Golding would not be the defensive coordinator right now. And and you know, I I, I keep hearing all these people like Oh, they've gone downhill since Pete Golding took over. It's no, that that's not accurate, you know. And I, I really want to see what Alabama's defense can do when it's actually hitting on all cylinders. And we haven't seen that in the last two years. And it just happens to be when Pete Golding is the defensive coordinator. And I'm sure that there's been a learning process, and he's he's gotten better at certain things and and so forth. But if yeah, I I I think this is a really really important year. You know, especially since when they've got an, an analyst um, this year who's kind of known as being a defensive whiz, you know, and and I, I could definitely see a situation a year from now if the defense doesn't make strides 
where Saban might turn to that to that coach and say, "Here you go. Here are the keys." Yeah, Charlie Str- Charlie Charlie Strong is uh, sitting there in, in in the waiting, but uh, but no, I, he's he's going to be an asset, obviously, for a young coach and Pete Golding. Uh, but you know, I'm not saying when we mentioned Dr. Ray and uh, David Blue earlier, I just I I don't think adding two guys is just eliminates all injuries. Um, but the 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 the, the philosophy change that Saban wanted. Uh, you know, and going from, you know, this old fashioned, you know, grinded out tough to to being more analytical and looking at more data, uh, you know, that's going to benefit the defense so much. Uh, sure. and, be- and because just just because in this age of offenses in college football, you saw it last year with LSU. I mean, Joe Burrow just goes up and down the field. Um, Ole Miss went up and down the field at times. They put up, you know, 35 points, um, you know, the, Alabama's defense is going to be on the field longer and you've got to have guys out there who know what they're doing and, and do it at a very high level. And they're not going to eliminate – those two guys aren't going to eliminate the injuries, uh, but they are going to make it better. And so I think, you know, I think, Pete, you know, this is going to be the year that Alabama fans can really just judge him on what happens. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's just – you would like to say – you know, you would sit there and like to say that they're, they're finally going to have a year where they're not going to have all these guys get hurt and knocked out for a year and – uh, and, you know, so forth down the line. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's going to be uh, an important year for Golding. It's going to be an important year for the defense. It's going to be an important year for Saban. This is a this is a, a, a team, a program that has national championship aspirations each and every year, and they're going to go into the the spring and then into the fall as uh, the favorite to win the SEC and and make the playoff. I don't think there's there's any doubt about that at all. And and the defense has to play better than it did last year. Yeah, and I mentioned you the high-powered offenses now that are in the SEC. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like we're both saying, I think this 2020 defense has the has the capability and potential to get back to an elite level. I would have loved to have seen a, a Nick Saban defense um, from 2009 or even 2010 that had the most NFL players, or 2010 and 2011 that had the most NFL players go against that uh, that Joe Burrow offense down in Baton Rouge. Yeah, it's going to be a uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, you know, right off the bat, USC I think is going to be an interesting game. Uh, it's, it's you know they're going to they're going to face Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach in the same year now. <laughs> That's going to be fun. I mean, it's it's just it, every single time I think that the SEC can't get more interesting, it proves me wrong. Well, that has been part one of the All Things Man podcast spring football preview. Be sure to listen to the episode on Thursday for the offensive preview where we talk Mac Jones. Can Bryce Young beat him out? Um, you know, who's going to be that third receiver to step up? Is the running back room the best in the country? Um, we'll talk about all those things uh, here on the All Things Man podcast. But thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you.